0: You're listening to Back to the Light with J.D. Rieger. Hey everybody, welcome to yet another episode of Back to the Light. I am J.D. Rieger. This week on the show, my guests are Rico Fields and Raid from the band The Negro Terror, formerly just Negro Terror. For more info on the band, I highly suggest you rent the documentary Negro Terror, The Voice of Memphis from Amazon Prime. You can also find them on Facebook at facebook.com slash Terror. It was truly an honor for me to get to hang out with these guys a few weeks ago and hear their story firsthand. And I'm excited to share it with you now. Here's me with Rico and Raid from The Negro Terror. Well, Rico, Raid, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast. Thanks for having us. Before we get into the band, I wanna ask you both individually just about your background. Like what sort of how did you both get into music? What sort of bands did you have before this?
1: long story but i see if we can make this real real quick so you want to go first or should i no, go ahead okay so me i i grew up very much not punk um i'm kind of late to the party with this um i wound up growing up basically a big adult contemporary head like at six one of my favorite artists was like seal um interestingly enough and also thanks to my mom, I was also exposed to a lot of people like Phil Collins, um, who I still love to this day. Um, a lot Great of, drummer, absolutely mm-hmm. drummer, producer, songwriter, frontman—you know, you know, renaissance man, dude. But anyway, um, a lot of the Eagles um, listened to them a lot. Um, yeah, boys to men, like I was on that. <laughs> but then also thanks to my dad, I also was exposed to a lot of like reggae and. Also a lot of blues players and stuff like that. And so I've always had like a diverse palette. And also at the very early age, loved Parliament, Funkadelic, Earth, Wind & Fire, bands like that. And by high school, got more into jazz, more into rock stuff. Like, you know, so yeah, punk itself and like American Oi and like post-hardcore stuff, late to the party. (laughs) But thanks to Omar and may you rest in peace, you know, I kind of slid on in and... And learned a lot. So yeah,
0: were you in bands before that, or was it just like school bands or church bands? Or
1: yeah, it was school bands starting out. Jazz ensemble in high school, um, percussion ensemble and drumline in high school. And then after that, it was like a good 15 plus bands locally. <laughs> One of them um, was a group called the Delta Collective, which oh. was here in Memphis about 10 years back. Mm-hmm. Um, matter of fact, they, we won a, a regional uh, contest. And as, far, uh, as far as like, what we won, it was a distribution deal for our first album. Yeah. Long story short, it never came out. Um, there was a lot of bad energy around that band. But at the same time, the experience that I got out of that, I, it was great. You know, it was my first like little step into how one, how the industry works or how it can potentially work, especially at that time. How like bands that have like a quote unquote deal on the table works. You know that type of thing. But yeah, a bunch of stuff like that. You know, a bunch of bands locally. Um, some were bigger than others. Some were more promising than others. And just ways to get my skills, you know, together as a drummer and a percussionist, and just me loving music. And then 2015. December 2015, uh, to be precise, December 18th, 2015, uh, we had our first rehearsal as Negro Terror, and it, it just didn't stop from that point. <laughs> and so, yeah, and I will say out of all the bands, Negro Terror is the one band that I'm most proud of, you know? So, that, and also on top of that, aside from just being a lover of music and being a drummer for all these different people and all these different you know styles or whatever, also, uh, I'm a composer as well. I do original music. Have released projects as well. About to release another one. <laughs> um, but yeah, one half of a production duo called Audio Knots here in Memphis. Um, like I said, we're about to do our next project now. Yes, we're on streaming. So type in Audio Knots with Z at the end. You'll find us. And yeah, so like I said, just a student of music, trying to be a student of music to this day. Oh, and also, and shout out to Prince yeah who was another (laughs) another huge influence on me
0: can't overlook prince can't overlook prince yeah no man rico
2: uh yeah um i i grew up with a little bit of everything man because like my i had my uncle who put me on the grunge real early but i didn't really know it because it was just played in the background you know but it was something that i didn't like dislike you know what i mean so uh and then of course my mom you know traditional Young black household, gospel, R&B, reggae, all that good stuff. I, I was like a, I, I was, I'm, I'm the worst, I'm the worst person to front a punk band in the world because I was so mainstream for so long. I'm talking boy bands and the rest of it, man. Like, but I, I enjoyed the musical aspect of stuff. And I didn't realize until I started playing instruments later that it wasn't so much the, 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 the flashiness of it. I was really listening to the background stuff. And, and, and learning from that, and then I started playing guitar at like 15 and started trying to put together bands and stuff and I put together plenty of them, joined a couple of them you know, nothing really panned out uh, then I started doing hip-hop just because it was kind of fun and it didn't cost as much, if you know what I mean like, you know, studio time for a rapper is way cheaper than studio time for a band you know, it's a whole different ball game, and it's easier just to put out by yourself. Because I, mean, I got so tired of putting together bands because you got to put together all these di- different people's, you know, time schedules and everybody know, gets a votes and yeah. all the voting. And, so- and, and you really don't understand how to lead. You know, young. A lot of us don't, anyway. Some people can. Some people are like natural, born leaders and just know how to do stuff like that. But I had to be taught you know what I'm saying to a certain degree and you know trial by fire so uh Omar gives me a call and he's like I want to do this all black punk band called Negro Terror and I'm like okay I'm down you know let's go and then it just kind of from there you know like and and I'm still doing hip-hop you know I'm still Rico the uh on stage um I, and and I, I even I even messed around during COVID and did like a little R and B project with my friend Ryan Peel from I'm sure you've heard of him around the city badass drummer badass sure. singer uh, we messed around and did an R and B project together yeah, just for fun and it it got a pretty pretty decent response I wouldn't say anything noteworthy it's nothing that, you it know sound too, it sounded good too it sounded yeah it, it was alright I, I dug it but you know then it, <laughs> then again like I said it was just like my Thursday ass during COVID you know what did you end up doing writing love songs So and and, you know I was listening to a lot of stuff I was going through you know we were all going through different shit during COVID so that's where I ended up but you know then you know this had to come back you know so yeah
0: well let's talk about the band Uh, you guys meet Omar in 2015 you said or did you know him before that
2: I knew Omar before that um because i had met him probably 2010 or 11 probably 2010 or like the end part of 2009 i can't remember my, my memory is shit. but um yeah i knew him because he, he called me up to to rap on a 420 show that they were doing at, at the high tone back when growlers was the high tone and growlers didn't exist so uh that's how i got to know him and then we just kind of kept Going and I would show up to shows and help them out and you know and sometimes I'd be involved sometimes I wouldn't but then I guess Omar saw some in me that was like dedicated or whatever and he and he hit me up for Negro Tear so yeah
1: and I met him or well not directly met but s- basically seen him around the scene uh, in his band Chinese Connection. Uh, Basically, I kind of saw them around the scene starting around 2011, 2012. Um, You know, just different events. And uh, it was always cool with them, pretty much. You know, again, we never, like, face-to-face met or just, like, hung hung out with you know, or what have you, but we just kind of see each other around. And so I was aware of him, definitely, and pretty much how his get down was. And so when he came calling around 2015, <clears throat> that was kind of like okay so I think he's serious about this and I think that this could actually go somewhere especially with him at the helm so mm-hmm. I think this might be worth it and I've told this story before uh, I'll, I'll be the first to tell you like going into it but before going into it I was kind of standoffish I was like I kind of doubted myself because once again I mentioned a few minutes ago, very unpunk upbringing, you know. So it's like, (laughs) you know, what am I about to get into? And like, can I do, am I the man for the job for this? But I just said to myself, if you can master this, or if you like listen and go in here with like an open mind and open heart, you'll get it. You'll be great. And this will be great. And so I just trusted that and I just went on went ahead and did it and i'm so happy i did it
0: did you guys click musically right off the bat
1: oh yeah absolutely Mm
2: -hmm. absolutely i mean like we me me and raid had been kind of collaborating beforehand anyway but it was really less of a collaboration and more of me getting stoned on the couch and him making beats for like eight hours (laughs) (laughs) so i was i was was not at my best (laughs)
1: musically sidebar to kind of connect with that him him and i met at a Dilla tribute uh um, mm-hmm. jay dilla tribute back in i want to say 2012. sounds about right yeah so we've known each other formally for yeah. uh 10 years now right. which is kind of mind-blowing but anyway
2: yeah. so like everybody had worked with everybody but yeah. just like we all hadn't worked together
1: yeah 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 and so i think that was the main ingredient as to why it worked so well and why we just clicked right off the back is because we were either aware of each other and liked what each other had kinda of had to offer or bring to the table, or we were just straight up friends and trusted each other off the back. Yep. And in the, our time in Negro Terror, again, friends or very well acquaintances. And so it just worked. And so there's nothing nothing deep or strange about that. And so it's just like yeah. good relationships.
2: Yeah. Everybody agreed with the message and you know, the message was just you know (laughs) there's no escaping black people in any music form like you're not gonna there is no white sect like you literally have to be like a whole white supremacist and be screaming out Hitler quotes and shit for you not and guess what there's probably some weird black dude that likes that shit too which is you know (laughs) fucked up to think about but like Hmm? Somewhere, there's that weird-ass black kid that got made fun of too much that all of a sudden decided to be edgy and be a Nazi. Like, you know, and, and you know, God bless him. But, but, but yeah, that, and, and I think we all agreed on that because we all liked so much different types of music and we all understood the impact of being black in American music and, you know, how much... It, it really doesn't matter what genre you go to, like, you can all be traced back Really, here, and you know Mississippi and shit like that, New Orleans, New Orleans, and all that, so you know we it it just just seemed right, it seemed like kind of like in the in the vein of you know predecessors, you know like yeah. something something like that, and then the name just sounded so fucking dope, you <laughs> know what I mean like he's like Negro terror, I'm like, what let's go let's do this, man, like <laughs> dude then he then he came up with the uh, the logo idea with the fucking comp dude but it turned out and then it, man
1: yo <laughs> it was it was nuts like it works for a message and it works for a t-shirt right and it seemed like too like, good of an idea yeah yeah and we couldn't just sit on that so yeah we just expanded it like
2: and, to me it was like somebody handed me like the script to the Godfather in like the 50s. You know what I mean? Like it's I'm a, just here, like, do you want to make this now? Right, right, right. It's like, man, uh, I, think, I, I, I think I should, man. Like, it's, <laughs> you know, and just, just, and, and that's what the cultural relevance and you know, the uh, uh, ability to definitely upgrade all of our lives. You know, in our music careers, because I mean, we are musicians at the end of the day. We all have regular jobs, but we're all musicians trying to be musicians all day, every day. Yep you know whether it be you know covers or whatever studio work or whatever but you know if and and i'm pretty sure there's a lot of people young especially young black people that agree with me with this if you can make money while being able to say fuck the government fuck racism fuck homophobia fuck all this other shit if you can make money while doing that and and not 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 extravagant amount of money but you know like enough to be able to go yes i'm a musician and this is what i do for a living in america shit yeah why not you know what i mean like why not like the and and as far as punk is concerned cuz i'm sure people ask about it like i've been listening to so much different stuff between grunge punk goth you know what i'm saying it it all blends to me i'm not really and, and you can ask raeed this all day when it comes down to like subgenres and genres and like yeah like you got your basic Divides and then it just gets too divided for me to even keep up with. Yeah, so I just listen to what I was to to try
0: to. to keep up with all the sub sects. So.
2: Absolutely, yes. like I, I, found out I had been listening to hardcore the whole fucking time. Didn't even know. Yeah, I've been listening to Oi the whole fucking time. Didn't even know. I'm a huge Offspring fan. Like you know what I mean. Like I, I, didn't realize a lot of stuff I was listening to was. I didn't realize I was listening to so much East Bay. I'm a huge AfI fan. You know what I mean. Like I, I didn't know exactly what it was, but I knew I liked it. And as a guitarist, I knew it was fun to play. It's really fun to play. And stuff that's fun to play is always going to give you a better show. And I'm all about good shows. Mm. So
0: you were down with the idea of the band when he brought it to you. But what about when he says, I want to do songs by this well-known Nazi punk band?
2: Oh, that was part of the selling point. That was part of the selling point. And I was so witted because like, the, when he explained what he wanted to do with it. Because first he broke it down like what you know, who Screwdriver was and what the songs were and what they represented. And I'm like, okay. Because, like, we're, like, on the phone. He's like, look this up. Look this up. Look this up on YouTube. Look, look it up right now, man. I know if he, if I get off the phone, you ain't gonna do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's, like, on the phone me, like, making me look up shit on YouTube. And I'm looking at this shit and I'm like, wow, this is racist as fuck. <laughs> like, this is really... He's like, all right, so this is what I'm gonna do with it. And I'm like, oh, this is gonna be fun. This is gonna be fun. It, it, it's... him doing those songs gave me this great idea that I I, I turned out I couldn't do because legally um, the band Screwdriver I was under a label that's defunct so I think all their stuff is like public domain now or some shit Mm. but for a hot second I was very much considering like buying their masters (laughs) just to see like how much money I could raise for like youth programs and some other shit through Nazis listening to shit on YouTube You know what I mean? Like, oh, my God, the dumbest shit. The dumbest shit. But, yeah, like I said, I can't do it. But, yeah, when he told me that shit, I was with it. A hundred percent. Now, what, what what scared me off the top was when we were on stage and he was like, yeah, Negro Terror, Memphis hardcore, skinhead. I was like, whoa, 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 what the fuck?
1: And that's when he explained the origin of skinhead and the roots of skinheads and how it has this working class uh, just fight oppression mm-hmm, mm-hmm. route to it which also definitely included British black people as well mm-hmm. and that's a part of the history that a lot of people are left in the dark about even yeah. to this day
0: most people think skinhead they think Nazi they think right. white they think you know, yeah. hot, they think you know American people history, fighting yeah. at a
1: show,
2: you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, or whatever. yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they think that the boots and the braces and all this shit, yeah. but we didn't know nothing about Sharps and shit. Shout out yeah. to the Sharps, by the way. Absolutely. Uh, we didn't know anything about that. We didn't know anything about the the, the history of the skinhead movement and how, yet again, like a lot of great things, it gets co opted by racists. Yeah. And so, if I'm growing up a young black kid in a black neighborhood, I'm not getting exposed to that, especially if I'm not in you know cities where that shit's prevalent, like New York. You know what I'm saying, or Philly, or some stuff like that, or or you know West Coast or something like that, where they know about that kind of shit. We're in the South, man. We we see skinhead. We think American history. I'm thinking Edward Norton Mm -hmm. and and that goddamn curb. That's what I'm trying to stay away from. Uh, But when he broke it down for us, man, I was like, I I can support it. I'm not a skinhead. I'll go ahead and put that out there now. I'm not. I'm not trying to be. But I can definitely get down with it. I like the idea of it. I like the brotherhood, sisterhood, the whole family aspect of it. Because they've always... Been you know great to us, even just reaching out online. You know what I mean? People all the way in Europe and stuff. Hey guys, you know y'all are all right with us and blah blah blah. Whole all the people in California and New York and New Jersey and shit. Like yeah, and the Memphis Skins. Can't, can't forget the Memphis Sharps. So earlier today, I rented and watched
0: the documentary movie about you guys.
1: Word okay. Thank you sure Mm -hmm.
0: at what point did you get approached to participate in this film how
2: how far in were we like a six
1: months to a year yeah we were about a good six months to yeah a year and that was like
2: from when we started performing right yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, because we had been practicing for a long time before mm -hmm. we started performing i think we've been practicing for like what like like 11 months something like that
1: like nine, ten months. Nine, so. ten months, something. Yeah. 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 yeah, so we, Omar has, you know. He, he was has, drilling us, man. Yeah, yeah, we, he put
2: like, us through our paces, man. It was no. We definitely didn't just start we doing didn't do the, the Memphis shape. style slack. We barely no. know these songs. No, oh. no, no,
1: no, no, man. It was we, not happening. Especially with us being quote unquote babies to the scene. It's like, yeah, no, you're going to come up on, under somebody who has a lot of their stripes and stars from of yeah, this, you know. Right. Yeah. And so, uh, about a good. 10 or so months after we really got the ball rolling, um, there was this dude out of Mississippi, out of Oxford, uh, this director and filmmaker by the name of John Rash, who approached us and got in touch with us and he wanted to do a little short on us as far as just so like a short profile on the band. Of course, us being an all black, you know, punk band already sparks interest. Mm-hmm. So, um, we were kind of like, okay, who is this dude? Who like, who is this? Is this real? Like, who are you? It was definitely weird. But <laughs> he turned out cool, and so came here, hung out, filmed us a little bit, one thing led to another. Um, had it, like, cause at first it was about like what, a good 5-10 minutes or so. Yeah, it was supposed to be just like That's a short, and like then like it so like profound.
2: evolved into one thing led to
1: another, and it just it I, we had a film. Like on our hands now, and all this footage and all these different like cues in it, and like even like towards the end, he was like, "Yo, I need asking like I need like certain like original pieces of music in between for mm-hmm. for this scene, this scene." And I was giving him like instrumentals. I was like, "Hey, what, you, what about this? What about?" this? I
0: noticed that in the credits. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Thank you, and that's technically my first like official credit as far as that. So I have to him to thank you for accepting my music, but I'm like. This is a film. And then I remember the night when we got the test footage of it of yeah, everything. Yeah,
2: man. That was crazy. And
1: brought the scene, brought the uh brought the TV over and into the practice spot. We were just sitting and watching it. I was like, that shit was nuts. Yeah, I think we have something special on our hands and something that I think a lot of people will one, want to get into and just want to absorb and share and rewatch. I think we have something special on our hands. And a handful of awards later, yeah. and us getting on a major streaming platform, yeah, yeah I think we have something special on and,
2: our And place. mind you, it was not easy to convince Omar for that. Because, you know, Omar was a real laid back <laughs> dude. He was real laid back. I don't want to be in the spotlight, which is weird for a front man. Like, you know, very weird for a guy with with a voice like his, with the charisma he had, with the personality he had, to be like, I don't want to be in the spotlight. But I told him, I'm like, dude, imagine how many more people we can reach through this. Like, the music's already reaching people. We already getting, you know, good responses, and bad responses, but, you know, bad responses from racists, so that's good responses to me. Uh, And, you know, like, imagine what this could do, and then that everything just kind of evolved. Naturally, mm-hmm. you know, and he and the guy followed us around for about a, about a year, about a year, yeah. and yeah, it
0: seemed like he went to several different shows.
2: Oh, he was at a bunch of shows, man. He was he, he was just he was damn near part of the crew for a while, he really. Like, was. He, yeah. I mean, he's a, he's definitely a friend of ours now, like still currently, he's definitely. Uh, I mean, shoot, we saw we're we're literally watching his little girl grow up, like it's crazy. She's yeah. like
1: five. Now, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, four or five. Four yeah. or five. Yeah, uh, craziness. Yeah, man. just having like hanging with them in Nashville, this like about a week or so ago, having mm-hmm. breakfast, and I'm like where did the time go? But anyway, but yeah, John is very good people and John was needed people in order to get our message out more and in a way that could just connect to the growing number of people who are following us who are just hearing us for the very first time thanks Mm -hmm. to like our YouTube page and our YouTube content or whatever. And uh, like, like when I, first night I saw it, I was, I'm a person who loves documentaries, especially music documentaries too. Like, Big, like, back in the day when VH1 and MTV had, like, musical content. Uh, yeah, yeah, like, their countdowns and documentaries. I was all over stuff like that. Still am. And seeing ours, I was like, if I wasn't a part of this band, I would already be interested. Like, you got my attention now. And I would love to invest in, in this band if I wasn't a, me- a member. And so, yeah, John just... John just gave us that extra dimension of, of coverage and just exposure. And he did it out, just, he didn't have to do it either. Because yeah. once again, this just was only supposed to be like five minutes.
2: And, and just, I have to say this, Joe, because you know I love telling Omar this one, because I think this is what actually won Omar over. I was like, Omar, check this out. This is a dude from the University of fucking Mississippi that wants to spend, they want to spend they money to do a documentary on us. Nice. This is about as close to reparations As we going to get from Mississippi like, Go ahead and do this shit <laughs> like, And he was like <laughs> And he started laughing He's like you know what man That's not a bad idea I'm like dude If motherfuckers want to spend money on us To expose us to the world You know what I mean Because like I said Laid back but he was logical at the same time He wasn't stupid So he was like yeah I could, We could do this underground You know 90's way of doing things Or We could do that plus you know cuz everything was still very much like DIY we still aren't signed to nobody's label or nothing we we did one distribution deal for a vinyl like mm. 7 inch with this uh this record company out of Dallas called Chicken Ranch Records uh, but that was it you know everything else was like super DIY and and a lot of charity from people too shout out to John Stubblefield from Lucero yep. like he paid to record our entire first album the album the mysterious album that doesn't exist you know what i mean like it exists but it doesn't the covenant right Mm. right i
0: have it on my list to ask you about that about how you got hooked up with john c i'm friends with john c he came
2: out of nowhere yo like i think he came to a show and i remember we started chatting it up and everything And he was like man i want to help you guys out man i want you know i want to help i want to get in the negro terror business and i was like shoot what's up (laughs) i'm like what you want at this point i'm like what you want to do because because i'm like the unofficial like band business, month, I guess So like, I'm like, all right. If the, if the if the deal makes sense, the deal makes sense. And he's just sitting there, just like, I want to record y'all. I want to help y'all. I'm get I want to get y'all in Young Avenue Sound. I'm paid for everything. Paid to set up your guitars, all that stuff. Like he really went the mile. Like he he mm-hmm. went the whole whole mile. And um and I'm sure that record sounds great. You know.
0: <laughs> you guys don't even have a copy. No. What's uh, I mean? Uh, dare I even ask?
2: Ah, you know that. Uh, May I? I? I I think we should chill on that one, just in case. You feel me? I yeah.
0: I don't want to press. No, no, no it's
2: right. it's okay. It's okay. I'll just say it like this. You want the truth? I it never. was it, it was not <laughs> of our doing that this album has not come out. No. This is a. Uh, it's it's less of a band issue and more of a uh, just kind of like a you know Prince you know how Prince's family is doing folks right now so yeah
1: yeah kind of some, something like that something like kind of that. like that but a little bit more direct and a little bit more it's the most unpunk gross. shit in the world I can tell you that right now that too <laughs> yeah very anti-punk but
2: hopefully way. you know. Folks will have a change of heart and release it. And I, I I've been campaigning to release it for free because it's been too long anyway. Because I th- I know a big part of it is, you know, as as with all things music industry related, s- breaks down the money and who wants what and who deserves this and whose actual idea, who wrote this, who wrote blah, blah 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 blah. I'm just like screw it, just give it away, just release it. I don't give a shit. I don't it's like at this point. I just do not care. We've already moved on. We've started writing new music. We've recorded new music. We're, you know, currently in the mixing stages of that. So hopefully that'll hit before the summer ends. Uh, yeah, but that, that whole situation is just a, a long time of of a lot of bad business. That's all it is. And
1: hope springs eternal. I still believe that it will see the live day. Yeah. Or will leak or however it's going to get out to, but yeah, I think Um, it's going to magically pop up one day. You know what I mean? It's gonna be one of those where it just magically
2: pops up. and It's gonna be like, Oh, look, (laughs) but until that does, I don't know, man. I, I can only hold on to hope for so long, you know, do
0: I assume correctly and suffice it to say that this situation is also related to why you've added a the, to your name? Yes.
2: Yes. Yes. Very much. So very much. So, um, yeah, you know, um, I will say this, bands, people that want to be artists, uh, make sure you trademark your shit. <laughs> no matter who came up with it, make sure everyone gets in on it. Make sure it's, it's a group thing. If everybody helped out, if everybody came up with stuff, if everybody's emotionally and, and monetarily invested in making this music and making your band go, everybody, go, everybody get together. And sit down and go on the trademark and patent website and trademark your damn name. Do it, <laughs> like, and, and and make sure you keep records, man. Records save lives. Paperwork. If you if you watch any you know BS judge show in daytime TV, where's the paperwork, ma'am? You know what I mean. <laughs> so yeah, just it, it, once again, and I say that to the people that really are thinking about making it to that next level like if you just want to do shit just playing around town and you don't really care you know whatever whatever then like don't even worry about this shit. just have fun but if you intend on really making music your career and you see that a band of like-minded people can really go somewhere handle your business handle your publishing handle your trademarking and copywriting and everything like that just in case some shit happen 'Cause we didn't see you know, no one saw what happened to Omar coming. None of us saw Well, I mean, that. first, how could you see his passing? Exactly. You can you know, no I mean like was he always in the best of health? No. Were we were literally like before he went into the hospital about to stop booking Negro terror shows for a while, mm-hmm. just just to give him time to you know what I mean? like his brothers came to me and was just like hey we need y'all to kind of like chill on the shows and i was like all right what do i need to cancel they're like don't cancel anything but just like don't book nothing else i'm like all right no problem and you know unfortunately that it was too late you know so what happened happened but it's a great example like i said of of you know the the kind of shit that can happen after people you know die you know Especially if you're in a band with a whole bunch of people living weird, man, you know, if you're in a band with a whole bunch of dope fiends, you know what I'm saying, or people just living unhealthy, man, y'all better get y'all business shit together.
0: You've just heard we need support by Negro Terror featuring the late Omar Higgins and my guests Rico Fields and Raid. Let's get back to our conversation. One thing that really stands out watching the movie is how you guys are kind of you know, you were kind of a band of brothers, friends, a tight unit. Yeah. And then for it to sort of end with this little footnote, is that kind of it seems it seems against the spirit of the of the band and the, the movie and everything.
2: It is and, and there's there's nothing that can be done about it at this point, you know. I i I offered all the sweetheart deals I can offer, I dun I'd yelled and cussed and begged and plowed and did everything. I haven't did it all. And it's like, well, the spirit has to move on. The people recognize, you know, who they saw first. The people know who was you saw a, you saw the documentary, you know what's up. And so you know you add a the onto something it was either going to be a the or an x in the middle or something I was going to do something to keep it rolling because the main part is that you know that nt that negro tear mm. because the I mean I don't know I mean, I'm sure you, you saw the documentary so you saw where the name actually comes from so the way sure. I looked at it I was like fuck it if we got to get legal we got to get legal and so add a the throw it on the you know trademark website and wait wait for a couple of months for someone to get back at you. Or quite a few months, actually. But yeah. It's what it is. But it's, it, I don't see anything having ended. it. We just had a bumpy road for a hot second and shit had to go a certain way.
1: And with death in the family, so to speak, it, it's going to be a bumpy road. Mm-hmm. Um, how bumpy depends depends on the situation. Uh, but no, stuff like that is... It, it, when you have an entity that not only you can monetarily gain out of it, but also at the same time it's an entity that is just simply promising, you know, on all sides, things like that is going to be a bumpy road if one mm. or two main components are removed and removed, like, suddenly. so yeah. Or added. You know what I'm or saying? added or, you know, or just altered period yeah. And so yeah it, it, it can be a bumpy road Like I said it depends on how Bumpy of a road it is And there's a lot of factors that go into that too But you know it's kind of expected And mm-hmm. stuff like this is kind of Anticipated but You weather it You know you weather yeah. it and you get through it And the good news I think with our situation is that we are Getting through it and so, yeah, yeah, I
2: mean, you know, we, there's definitely no replacing a guy like Omar. You know, no. there's no getting in his shoes type shit. So, the best thing that can be done outside of just flat giving up, you know what I mean? Which for was, a while we was, did. I was about to
0: ask, was there a time you considered not playing? Anymore?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, shoot, I remember when Omar, before Omar passed, I kept on telling him. Yo, man, you gotta. You know, we gotta get you a little bit healthier because you know, if something happens to you, this is over. This is over. And and I really believed that for a while, but you know, when you get the the cool part about the internet is that people will discover your stuff five, ten years after you did it. So when those emails are still coming through and there's still people trying to buy shirts and still kids and teenagers and even even you know people a little bit younger than me, you know what I'm saying, people I could have been in high school with being like, you know, thanks for inspiring me to do my thing, you know, da-da-da, I've been wanting to play guitar, <laughs> I, you know, I really, you know, you know, just stuff like that, stuff that, you know, you don't think about really that you would hear about, but being black in that space and being uh, uh, relentlessly black in the space is something that a lot of people, apparently needed to see. And it wasn't that it wasn't already there because there's plenty of bands that do it as well. Uh, you know, shout out to Soul Glow. Mm. We just played with them. They, they you know, done, doesn't get much blacker than Soul Glow, yeah, you yeah, know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> Not that there's a scale, but... i uh, to throw that out too. there. Um, but yeah, you know, and so being a part of that kind of cabal of bands that's like relentlessly black but gonna do what the fuck we like and it doesn't have to you know have a a, a four four beat to it you know what i mean mm. it doesn't have to be just the stuff that everybody sees us do we can do whatever and all the racists in the space are going to have to either you know get used to it or get the fuck out you yeah. know like it, it, of course like any other band in that space we got plenty of fucking racists that pop up on our social media and stuff like that and, and and you know, it's it's always funny because it's always kind of like the the NBA thing, like shut up and play the guitar. You know what I mean? Like, okay. stop talking about political stuff. Shut up and play punk. It's so unpunk to be so political. Blah 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 blah. And it's like, what the fuck? W- what? Yeah yeah. I thought the punk shit w- that based in the fuck politics shit. Yeah, but we still gotta pay attention to what these motherfuckers is doing. <laughs> But yes. that, I guess that'd be them like anarcho punks and shit. Yeah. You know, the yeah, motherfuckers yeah. that they really be wilding. Yep,
1: yeah, it it's prevalent in a lot of different scenes. And to just expand on that too, like mm-hmm. with how how things, one, have unfolded before Omar's death and mm-hmm. also after Omar's death. One thing that is always in the midst of everything, in the midst of us growing as a band, in the midst of us uh, just becoming solid as a band even back in the days of us just like our initial rehearsals Mm -hmm. and all the way to post-funeral and what we're going to do now and post-documentary and how that's still lingering and questions on us still lingering too and, and new people rediscovering it one of the things that has always given me peace with this and one of the things that's always kept me grounded with this is that this is a part of this is a part of a overall legacy and a bigger picture mm-hmm. as far as American music and American rock music and its rich history um which we are like so ingrained and in, it's 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 not even funny. But we are a part of that. And I remember seeing this documentary. Um, you can look it up, too. This was back back in the day. It was originally released in 20, uh, 2006. I saw it for the first time on cable uh, in 2009. And this documentary called Electric Purgatory, Fate of the Black Rocker. mm mm-hmm. um, uh, Wonderful documentary. And it definitely goes through like the history of black influence and black musicians through the history of rock music, particularly here in America. And it goes from not only the old blues players and Hendrix's, you know, debut and, you know, Chuck Berry's debut and Lil Richard, but also it goes through other bands through the eighties and nineties and up to the two thousands up to the time of its release, you know, everything from like black Bush and Bad Brains and, you know, Brothers from Another Planet. Um the uh, uh let's see, the, uh, rock, the uh, rock scene in Atlanta,
2: you know, mm-hmm.
1: in, the, in the 90s that a lot of people don't talk about or know about, yes. um, Fishbone, and Prince's influence as well as a black rock star, and you know, a lot of people, like 247 Spies, you know, and I saw that, and a lot of those names I had never heard of before at the time of me watching it. And that really got me going as far as, like, my education on all of these bands. And just a reminder that, yeah, you as a Black person, yeah, you're connected to this, too. Right, directly
2: connected. Directly.
1: And then fast forward to this and us growing this band now. And even now, right here, right now, it's like, we are a part of that. We stand mm-hmm. on their shoulders, all the people that I named. We're standing on their shoulders. And also, we stand on the shoulders of you know, the oi scene as well, and the post-hardcore scene, like all these other people. We are kind of like the, just the newest addition to this long line of people. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is something that, if this all stopped tomorrow officially, hang it up, and lock it away in the Disney World forever, Still, that one little piece of information, and me seeing that documentary in two thousand and nine, and knowing where we stand in this grand legacy—that, you know—that will always give me peace. Yeah. And then new kids are seeing this, and like me as a little kid, like me as a teenager, seeing that documentary too. they are teenagers and preteens probably watching our stuff Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's like we're just a part of it we're just a part of that thing now you see and that like i said that that to me if nothing else uh album releases are wonderful new music videos are wonderful new photos are wonderful new interviews like this is wonderful the thing that gives me the most peace is knowing where we stand in the grand legacy and grand line of musicians that came before us mm-hmm. who are discovering us now, who want to pick up you know, instruments now probably because of us and because of Omar and his voice. Yep. We want to pick up a mic because of Omar's voice.
2: I've got we've gotten several emails. Yeah. Like I I've <laughs> I've I've emailed like books and shit to people just like little books I got that I've downloaded for guitar stuff. Like I'll just be like, "Hey, well since you getting started, boom, here you go." Yeah. You know, whatever. Yeah. And and I you know, the only way you can be that kind of effective is either you're going to be directly involved with kids like being a teacher or something like that being some sort of social worker or something like that, which still you're very stretched, very thin, or you do shit like this where they just gravitate to it. And all you got to do is just kind of like reach out and like just touch boom. And and that one little touch means so much to them. And at that point it's almost like selfish not to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's not, it's, it, it doesn't, it, it, like yeah, it's just selfish. It's just selfish not to do it. And, with the response we got last Wednesday, like, you know, like people were, were digging it, man, and we, were, we weren't we were the main act or anything, but, you know, people were there to see it, and it was all ages, man, it wasn't just a whole bunch of kids, and it wasn't just a whole bunch of old punk rockers and everything, it was, man, it was a guy there in a Hawaiian shirt and some shorts, huh. I think it was some Cayman Jack shorts. He was grooving though. He was with it. You know what I'm saying. He was in the pit and everything. Like it was. It was. I forgot his name, but
1: <laughs> he was with it, man. But yeah, that's like I said. <coughs> that's what gives me the most peace out of our situation and just us as a band. Yeah.
0: One thing I I found particularly interesting, I guess, in in the movie, is the part where you say that your your family didn't know about the band. Nope. I assume do they? I mean, that can't still be true.
1: No, 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 No. they definitely know. uh, They knew by accident, or found out by accident. Uh, I think it was a shirt that I had on. I think it was part of, yeah, it was one of our merch shirts. Mm -hmm. So what
0: what do they think? I got to
1: know. I come from a, I'm going to be 100% with you. I come from a conservative, not conservative in that manner, but just as far as the fine arts is concerned. Those folks didn't vote for Trump. Yeah. Yeah. no, no. Nice clarification. Like I said, not that type of conservative. But uh, I come from a kind of reserved family as far as the fine arts is concerned. Um, definitely kind of a singing does not pay the bills type family, or a music is cute but does not pay the bills type of family. And uh, that's not me being mean, that's me being honest. Uh, like a lot of us probably have come from families or outbrings like that, mm-hmm. but we pursue our dreams anyway. And so they didn't find out until a good two years or so after we started. So, yeah, that secret was kept for a while. And, um, yeah, they, again, this part of it is based out of the singing does not pay the bills, even though I'm I'm a musician, musicianship does not pay the bills. And slight ignorance as far as Negro Terror, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. What does punk rock mean? You know, How if, it can
0: inspire people?
1: Yeah, yeah. Because if you don't know, you don't know. You know, but also you also need to be kind of open, more open and receptive to actually learn. So um, yeah. Long story short, they wasn't quite here for it, but at the same time, I just kind of gave a brief explanation, and I was like, yeah, I, yeah, this is this is the next move. You know, and the Negro Terror was like, I want to say probably like the 14th 14th or 15th band up to that time that I, locally that I've been involved with and so this is, the Negro Terror was like The little icing on the top of this big cake <laughs> as far as as far as local bands and people who I've worked with you know locally so Yeah, this is coming off of a lot of experience and a lot of different changes style wise and I was like no This is this is it. This is the next move and I'm going after it and it feels good and it's challenging too and, you know, I like a good challenge. So, yeah. Yeah. So, like I said, I, going back to um, me doubting myself earlier before getting into the band, I was like, I'm so happy I just said, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I don't regret it at all. If anything, I think it may be a better drummer.
2: And please believe, people, punk is not easy. Okay? No. A lot of people no. think
1: it is. To do it efficiently. Well, again, also at the same time, you coming from people who didn't go Especially
2: to
0: Especially as a hardcore drummer, that's, you have to be in shape for that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. goodness,
1: and it's hot on stage. So yeah, they, yeah. Know. And
2: as a guitarist, man, you gotta you gotta be playing. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Could, that ain't no.
1: And also on top of that, going as far as you know, uh, you know, punk groups, period, or hardcore groups. Again, these people didn't go to Juilliard. These people right, didn't go right. to uh, uh, Laguardia Music and Fame or whatever. Like, it, yeah, you know, it, it it depends. Like, if you add like musicianship and skill behind that if you can add like that type of level of skills behind that from like years and years of playing I, everything from like jazz to funk to pop music and covers yeah yeah, yeah i think you you'll come out better you know whatever instrument that you're on you'll come out better and so and some of your
2: favorite punk artists are great fucking musicians on top of that you know what i mean they don't just play what you hear and what you like all the time so which that's another reason why I love the internet so much is that you can do so many different projects, and almost like hide amongst them. Like yeah. un- un- unless you're like, you gotta have your main one where everyone, you know, oh, okay, that's I know him from that, and then you can do all this other shit, and people be like, they do that too, yeah, you know, like like people mean- freaked out when they saw Obar do punk because they had been seeing him do reggae for like a decade.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't actually think I ever Yeah, I never saw the band I was in Chicago for most of it Right And But I had seen We had Chinese Connection on shit, Rock for Love Chicago a couple We played Chicago that years. one time Yeah,
1: yeah I was about to We played the Cobra Lounge yeah.
0: Oh
2: yeah One yeah. of our best
1: shows And one of our best outings was the band That was a too.
2: motherfucking badass show, man <laughs> <laughs> I wish I'd known through. about it if that I was there That was so there. cool up there Yeah, yeah We stayed in Lincoln Park Our friends had an apartment over there Nice shit <laughs>
0: So Yeah tell me about the new bass player and what the band's future looks like man i
2: wish he was here but our new bass player is actually based in nashville and he's my best friend from college okay uh, so that's band. how you found him absolutely yes i i've known this guy since 2006 yeah 2006 and uh man when i say this dude like he, he he's such a good musician you know what I'm saying? he's usually playing guitar Ping's been playing, that's how I met him. I met him playing guitar. We were just two crazy goth looking motherfuckers that played guitar. And we were like, boom, best friend. And uh, and we just, you know, he ended up doing different stuff than I did. I went off and and did different shit. He kept on with uh, the playing and and teaching. And then he went from teaching to just playing and being on all types of cruise ships and doing all, all types of dope shit, going all over the world with it. And when he saw, you know... When, it, when he started seeing what we were going through with this band shit and, like, just, like, the little bullshit legal shit behind it, after a while, he was just starting to get pissed. And it was just like... I was like, you know what? Fuck it, man. You want to play bass? He was like, yeah! It, it, was, it was very much like a Stoner movie. It was, it was, <laughs> it was a very quick decision, but at, I knew it was the right decision because he already had a good rapport with Raeed, too. And we had played together before in Nashville, up at um, what was it, Bourbon, yeah, Bourbon,
1: Bourbon Street, Street Blues and Buggies, yeah, it was in Printer's Alley, right, right. We uh, we did Club. a little
2: like five ten minute jam session. It worked. was like
1: a good fifteen minutes, was it? And, yeah, oh, okay. It was um, because uh, our our dude Ping, he you know he definitely a Printer's Alley musician among so many other places, but yeah, we were up there at this, uh, you know this. Venue, it just bring people up and just have a jam session or whatever, um, um, like probably once a week or so, and we were both there and we got on stage mm-hmm. and uh his wife wound up recording us and and we saw the playback and I was like we look good together, yeah. like and we sound you, he good he together He wasn't too. even playing
2: bass that night either. We were we were both playing guitar that yeah
1: night. yeah, but still it's right. like we just like. This should be a thing at yeah. some point. That's what me saying this to myself. I'm like, this should be a thing at some point. And to ask yeah. for yeah, it, yeah. And on top of that,
2: is. like I said, I met Ping when we were both kind of like a little bit of a goth stage and everything. So I knew he had the back the, the Facebook background. pictures are hilarious. Oh, yeah. The Facebook <laughs> pictures are great. Like, I, I am not ashamed of my past. I don't <laughs> care. Look them up. Look them up. I don't give a shit. My page is public, I think. Uh, I probably need to change that. <laughs> but yeah, man, like, so I already knew he had the background. I knew he could do it. Plus, he plays so many other different types of music that I knew he could fall into punk easily. And we, you know, like, you keep people around you that's better than you so that everybody comes up. You know what I mean? And so he's been doing this thing up in Nashville for the longest. And just on a professional level, it just made sense because we knew he first of all, he's going to learn the music. You know what I mean? Second of all, you know, he's just as tech savvy as we are as far as making music at the house. So, that would make writing easier and that would make proving who wrote what and all that good stuff easier. So, when we get down to chopping up numbers, blah, 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 blah. So, and on top of that, fucking like best friend. You know what I mean? Like, it's my best friend and he had time to do it. So, yeah. End of story with that one.
0: That's... And you guys are working on new material, you Absolutely. said? Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. We are already we've already done everything but the vocals on our new EP. I, I watched most of the
0: show the other night on mm-hmm. Facebook. You're you're singing now. Yes indeed. Yes indeed. Yeah. <laughs> Any nervousness, hesitation?
2: Absolutely, okay. man. I got you know who was the fucking front man before me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my god. I was in I was in my boots shaking until I got off stage, dude. Like and, and a little bit after, in all honesty. Like I, man, look. Whoo. Whoo, God bless punk. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> God bless punk. Because punk punk is, is such a a, a forgiving genre. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's over, like yeah, like you know. pop don't allow no mistakes. You can't get off time on pop. You better not. R&B, I wish the fuck you would. Hip-hop, please. Get off time on a the hip-hop They've been roasting Silk and Shocker for how many years now? 20, 30? You know what I mean? Blue is up next. You know? you know? But, like, yeah, so with, with, with the few, you know, hiccups that we had. And mind you, that show was no practice. Nope. That was like, we went into the studio, recorded the guitar and the drums. I drove up to Nashville. Ping recorded the bass on the tracks we already had. And then he just drilled and I drilled and he drilled. And then we got on stage and did it. That was the first time altogether in the Very where first time ever. No yeah. worries. That's why I live streamed it. I was like, I want motherfuckers to see this shit. No worries. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what happens when you put professional people together. And yet again, why I brought him on. Because you got people that want to be... They, they want to do the dream. You know what I mean? And we all had that, at, that outlook at one point. But you get to a certain age, you get to a certain amount of success, and you have to start being realistic. You have to look at, all right, who's going to do their job? Mm-hmm. Who's going who's gonna to really do their thing? And, and on top of that, who's when it comes to Negro Terror especially, who's going to be okay with taking this heat? Because it's going to come. It's, it's not anything that's avoidable. So it had to be somebody that was honestly a little bit brave, you know, because they haven't showed up yet. But you know, how how long were we a band before we started getting Nazi threats? Like a year or two? Yeah, it was quick. You know, I mean, it was Relatively like quick. that. You know, it was ridiculous. And and we still have little bullshit right wingers, mm-hmm. trolls on the page and everything. Because once you get up to a certain level, you can't, you know, you can't control all that shit. They're gonna pop up and they're gonna do whatever they're gonna do. But Um, yeah. I forgot what the fuck we were talking about. I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) Our our EP, our coming EP, sounds great, by the way. Yes, it does. Um, Matter of fact, it's funny because uh, where we recorded it, uh, it, it's a relatively new studio here. Beautiful studio, but Mm -hmm. I've used it for uh, the Audio Nazis last album. Um, But... Interesting enough, we were like Which studio. Uh, this is called Made in Memphis Entertainment, okay. and so yeah. downtown
0: on Union, there's yeah. a ton of studios now. I don't
1: have yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, they're
2: popping up everywhere now. Yeah, it's,
1: yeah, yeah, it's a nice studio. And uh, interestingly enough, uh, according to our engineer, and I definitely believe him. Uh, you know, I think we were like the first like rock act to record there. Like, it was either a rock or punk? One of the two? No, I think we were the that first, first rock act. Damn, definitely first punk. But honestly, I think first rock act period to like record there and like cut there. So yeah. that's another first under our belt. So yeah, that's like, all right. So that's one good way to start the new phase, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. is to like break a record.
2: Yeah. Any ideas when that might see the light of day? Uh, I'm hoping to get us a single by the beginning of July. Yeah. Um, I'm doing my best because uh, like I said we're doing everything in house so I got to go find people that's going to do good and then I got to go make the money to pay them and <laughs> there you go but uh, but yeah it's like this it's definitely coming uh, it's definitely coming I have several copies of all the files so we're not losing shit <laughs> yeah
0: what about shows? Anything else uh, on the books that you can mention at this point?
2: Not yet, but we got some stuff cooking. I actually um, just got through emailing some people in Atlanta and Gainesville, Florida. Um, I think I saw some people in the in the chat on our Facebook page from like Indianapolis or Cleveland mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. But definitely, the 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 offers are coming. And so we're the just, band's gonna tour. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's got to because that was the one thing negro terror in its original form never got to do and we were like that close you know what i mean like literally around the corner from that being an option but you know what happened happened so we weren't able to but we can now pick back up from there because the people still loving the music people still like as soon as we did that live stream? People was like, "Come out to this, come out to that." Da 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 da. And so now I just got to go through all these people and see. First of all, who's bullshit and who's not. Second of all, you know who's actually, you know, a real promoter, whatever punk person, whatever it is. And like, you know, soon when it makes sense, we'll get and we'll make it happen. Like but we nah, haven't started talking to bookers or anything yet, but but now nah, it's definitely coming,
1: definitely coming.
2: Yeah cool and as far as Memphis shows uh shoot we need to put one together we should do that we should do that we got it we got enough friends of bands yeah <laughs> yeah do a show with a back to the light
0: band we'd love to do something
2: hey there we go <laughs> please there we go
0: well uh yeah I can't wait to hear the record when it comes out and uh yeah thanks for stopping by the studio I really appreciate it
2: thank oh, you man, thank you cool is it yeah okay. <laughs>
0: word that's the show thank you to Rico and Raid from the Negro Terror thank you to Arthur with two h's for the opening theme thank you to Joey Pegram for the closing theme thank you for listening for music news episode archives and other fine podcasts visit backtothelight.net and until next time take care y'all Part of the Back to the Light podcast network at backtothelight.net.